If you've been in the homesteading world for a while now, or if you're new to the homesteading world, you hear people talking about wood chips all the time, putting wood chips around their perennial plants, putting wood chips in the garden, getting wood chips, making wood chips. But what are the ways to do it? What are the dangers of doing it? How do you get wood chips on your property? We sat down with Ben Raskin, who actually wrote a book all about wood chips, and he breaks down all of that with us on just the nitty gritty of wood chips, which might sound like a dull subject, but really when you meet someone as passionate as Ben about the subject matter, it turns out to be a really great conversation that we have all about wood chips. So take a listen and let us know what you think. Hey friends. Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life, where we answer your pressing questions and share useful tools for creating your most fulfilling, self-sufficient family homestead. We go back to basics in all things family, faith and farming and we're eager to teach you what we've learned everything from growing a garden to earning an income to living a less toxic and more nature-based lifestyle we're thrilled you're here and hope you leave inspired to live your life as a schoolhouse too okay everybody well i just wanted to introduce you to one of our new guests ben raskin he has a new book out called the wood chip handbook all about wood chips how to incorporate it in the homestead, farmers, gardeners, landscapers. And super excited to have you on, Ben. Thank you for joining us. And can you tell us a little bit about what brought you into the world of wood chips? Wow, yeah, good question, really. My, my background is vegetable production. So I was a commercial vegetable grower for, for a number of years. And I work most of the time now for an organization called the Soil Association, Soil Association which is an organic food and farming charity. So I work with a lot of farmers and a lot of growers, but I also do some work uh, managing an agroforestry planting uh, in the southwest of England. So we're planting up about 200 acres of agroforestry and we're planting a lot of trees. And one of the things that uh, we're doing to make sure that they grow well and succeed is mulching them with wood chip, which I kind of, I'm guessing a lot of your listeners will have done to some extent. Uh, and sort of know that it's probably a good thing. Um, but I had a particular experience where we, we dumped a whole load of willow wood chip in a massive pile over some trees uh, with the intention of spreading it around and, and mulching and never quite got around to it, you know, how other jobs take over right. on the farm. Yeah. And, uh, and sort of and came back uh, the following year and all of the trees that had had this big mulch on were doing much better. And now, four years later, the ones that didn't have the mulch are still only up to my waist. And the ones that did have the mulch are 14 feet tall. Wow, that's a uh, so big difference. Really striking. So, so that was kind of a bit of a eureka moment for me. And then combined with that, there's a few other things that I talk about in the book, which are things like making your own propagation compost and uh, and spreading wood chip for soil health uh, we did some interesting trials as part of the work I did with the soil association so lots of things came together really to make me think okay there's a bit more to uh, to wood chip than I thought right yeah do you think that it was that it was willow wood chips or do you, is there is there a wood chip that is like a tree that's better for what happened there or is would have any wood chip have done that I think in that particular instinct, any wood chip would have done. It was a really dry season here uh, over in the UK in 2018 when we planted them. So we had a really dry spring and a really dry summer. And we planted that particular patch of trees quite late. So they didn't go in until sort of mid to late February. 
Um, and certainly with climate change now, we're getting quite warm springs. So stuff was already starting to come into leaf as we were planting it. And normally I think you get away with it. It would rain and, and they sort of, you know, they'd be fine. But I think because it was so dry, I think a lot of the other trees suffered. So I think most of it actually in that year was water retention rather than any particular uh, sort of special property of willow although willow definitely does have special properties which uh yeah so we we did one trial using willow on apple trees and in, in cider orchards and it, the because it's got this uh salicylic acid in which is which right. is aspirin effectively yeah yeah, yeah, and and it seemed as well as helping uh, us by taking away our headaches. <laughs> it also um, it seems to stimulate an immune reaction in trees, an uh, immune response. Um, so they they the trees which had had sort of this willow wood chip showed a trend towards having less scab on them. Um, really? So that, yeah, there's definitely something in willow. It's quite an amazing amazing tree. And willow is one of those trees that I mean you can just coppice over and over again, right? I, have you done anything with that? Like uh, almost like a mulch factory of sorts, you know what I mean? Like growing them, coppicing them and mulching them just over and over? So we we haven't. I mean, it's one of the areas I'm really interested in, in doing. And I know there's some, some farmers and growers over here that are starting to do that. The willow chip we used was from pollarded willows. Okay. So the farm's got this stream running through it and there was, we've got ooh, 70 or 100 really big old willows that hadn't been pollarded for 50 years. So we, we did have a bit of a mountain of, of willow chip and I, we're now planning to re-pollard them every maybe 10, 15 years, which would be a really good source of it. But now I think there's definitely, there's growers looking at putting in short rotation coppice to give them wood chip, but also to give them the, you know, the windbreak or the, you know, the biodiversity benefits. So yeah. you can really, yeah, it's, it's multi, multi-purpose. <laughs> that is pretty cool. So one of the things like I know on our homestead that I'm always wrestling with is like, should I spend the money for a wood chipper or should I just find people to bring wood chips in? Do you find like with our audience, our listeners, it's generally homesteading people. So, you know, kind of like 30 acres or less. It's maybe like a part time thing. Nobody's doing this generally full time. Have you found like, is there like kind of a break point where it's like, hey, you ought to just buy a wood chipper versus, you know, asking, finding someone to partner with to bring them in. So I mostly would not recommend buying a wood chipper. And the reason for that is that you have to buy quite an expensive one to to be able to deal with anything of any size. <clears throat> so I would normally, even if you've got a fair bit of wood, I'd normally recommend hiring one in, uh, yeah. you know, assuming that there's somewhere near enough to you that you can that you can hire it. Or, you know, perhaps clubbing together with a few farms to buy a slightly bigger one. Yeah. And it's so part of it is just the fact that it might not be able to deal with anything thicker than 10 inches, maybe. But the other thing is, if it's not meaty enough, you just you can spend forever feeding in, you know, just right. feeding in little branch. You would be there all day. Um, whereas these these big ones, you can load them with a, you know, a tractor and it's sort of just munch through it. In, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. In a second. So. So it's, 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 in my opinion, it's worth spending more to hire a big thing for a day rather than yeah. sort of forking out. Um, and it also depends on, you know, how readily you can get hold of pre-chip stuff. So, you know, we're lucky in the farm I'm working. We've got two tree surgeons working quite nearby. So, you know, it's, it's convenient for them to drop it off on their way home. But I have heard... There's, there's certain parts of the UK now where it's quite hard to get hold of free wood chip. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I imagine there's areas similar over with you. So I think, yeah, yeah it depends a little bit. 
and you do need you know trees when they get chipped down there's not as much as you think there's going to be right yeah <laughs> yeah so so you know unless you're producing it specifically for that or you've got quite a bit of woodland on on your homestead then i would say you know get hold of all the free stuff you can even if you are producing a bit of your own are you concerned at all about like the leaves mixed in with that and i guess like let's take that farther and go into like the world of green chips you know like especially when you partner with like a tree surgeon or tree service we're getting mostly green chips that kind of stuff are you worried at all about putting that directly on plants or garden beds no, so there's there's even been some study into that. So there's sometimes called um, ramiel or ramiel chipped wood, that stuff that comes from branches that are less than seven centimetres in diameter. And there was a really good study in the 80s and done in Canada looking at this. And then another one, which we were part of three or four years ago in the UK. So yeah, you can spread that stuff straight on the soil because it's got much higher nutrient content. So it's got quite a lot of nitrogen in it. So because it's got basically it's got more bark as a sort of ratio of its total because okay. you know than a thicker branch would so it's got higher nutrient contents and higher nitrogen so any sort of risk of, of nitrogen lockup or sort of disrupting the the biology of the soil is reduced um so i would certainly say as a mulch is no problem at all i would generally say don't dig in fresh wood chip into soil i think that tends to be when you get problems okay. and i you know one of the question I'm always asked is you know will it lock the nitrogen up in the soil right. you yeah, hear, that's what you hear some horror stories yeah and and there is a risk so, you know it's yeah I think it's overblown actually I think I think one or two people have had really bad experiences and that sort of spread into a slight myth about you can't put wood chip anywhere near soil. right yeah but but I think definitely don't dig in fresh wood chip and and if you're worried then just compost it for six twelve months and sort of any risk of nitrogen lockup will disappear anyway so okay yeah I mean on our homestead I I have kind of taken more of your approach, especially after reading your book, but of just putting it directly on things, not digging it in. And I haven't seen any adverse effects on it, but it's just kind of at the same time, like you said, there's so many people telling you that you're going to kill your plants or burn your plants or it's hot, you know, but the only, the only, yeah, the only problem I've seen is on raspberries. And funnily enough, I was doing a talk earlier in the week and another of the, the people there who's a quite an experienced grower as well, he said, oh, I had some problems putting it on raspberries. So I think I think there might be a kind of don't put it on raspberries. I think they've got very shallow roots. Okay. And so they don't like being sort of buried under a mulch and they, they possibly kind of, you know, if you've got something that's very shallow rooted, it might get a bit more effective than something that's a bit further down. But. Interesting. Okay. And then what about mushrooms? Like I know in your book, you talk a little bit about that, but I thought it would be another great thing to explain with the audience. Like, have you incorporated growing mushrooms like in the garden bed or in the orchard on wood mulch or what, what's your ideas on mushrooms? I have tried and I, I mean, I have to, you say right at the outset i'm not a mushroom expert yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite a beginner yeah. <laughs> I, I came to it from the wood chip side rather than from the mushroom side so i have tried to incorporate it into into the agroforestry and so far without success um, mm -hmm. having said that the trees are quite young still and i think they're probably not giving enough shade so i think the wood chip probably got a bit hot and dry which obviously the mushrooms don't like but i have done it in bags in my garden where it worked really well Oh, nice. um, so, uh, and again, just with the King's Trafari, you know, the wine cap, the, which is sort of quite a vigorous, it's kind of, it's sort of described as a beginner's mushroom, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so that worked really well, but I think, I think it needs a bit more. 
I mean, certainly when I was researching the chapter in the book, I talked to a couple of sort of more experienced mushroom growers who said, yeah, it can work, but it's not easy. And I think, it's, right. you know, you've got to be, it's like anything to do it well, you've got to focus and really understand what it is you're growing. And there's, there's a couple of challenges. I think one is not all of the cultivated mushrooms are that uh, vigorous. <clears throat> and so they might be outcompeted by the wild mushrooms. Okay. Um, so there's a sort of risk that unless you... It, pasteurize the wood chip and get it inoculated really quickly with the mushroom you want to grow others take over and the other risk is unless you really know what you're doing with mushrooms the chance of harvesting the wrong one from an outdoor bed and, <laughs> right. and selling it or you know sort of poisoning yourself yeah. is you know is more whereas obviously if you just got it in a bag in your garden you can sort of control it a bit more. yeah you could control better that way yeah that makes sense so what would you say like as far as i know the other thing that people always look at is like mulching versus like like a, a row cover kind of like plastic mulch or i was just talking to somebody the other day who said they wanted to put down straw in their gardens like what what would you say the benefit of mulch like does do you and i'm assuming you, you feel like mulch is probably the best option out of those or is it application dependent? It is a little bit application dependent. I, a lot of my thinking was influenced by an American researcher called David Granitstein. I don't know if you've come across him, but he's done yeah. some really good studies on orchard mulches. I and mean, he looked at the economics of various weed control options. So he looked at flame weeding and, and herbicide and plastic mulches and wood chip. And, and what he discovered, broadly speaking, was that, you know, all of them will obviously give some degree of weed control. Some, such as flame weeding and herbicide, don't give you any moisture retention. Mm. So you're getting the weed control, but they'll still dry out. Plastic obviously gives you both. It will give you the moisture retention and weed control, but it doesn't build your soil health. And if anything, it does the opposite because it sort of starves it of, of oxygen. I've so, seen it get really hot too. Like it, yeah, yeah, exactly. in North Carolina, you know, we get like 100 degree days in the summer. And I mean, that underneath that plastic, it's just like so yeah. hot that there can't be anything alive in there. No, absolutely. And and wood chip and, and organic mulches generally will help to modulate those temperature extremes. So they will they'll make it slower for the soil to heat up and it's really hot and they'll keep it up to 10 degrees warmer when it's frozen and cold. And and most soil organisms don't like being really cold or really hot. They prefer right. it in the middle. So yeah. but <clears throat> anyway, what uh, what David Granistein found was that although it's one of the most expensive to put down, the cost of putting down that wood chip or compost uh, is actually then you get it back in extra yield. And that was my experience with those trees I mentioned at the beginning, you know, okay, you wouldn't normally put three foot of mulch down, but, but they've established so quickly. And, you know, if it was a fruiting tree, it would be fruiting at least one, if not two years earlier. And so, so although it seems slow and it seems expensive to mulch, in my, in, yeah, in my opinion, you're getting that, you know, you, you're getting the weed control, but you're getting uh, moisture retention, you're getting soil health boosting, you're getting, you know, you're building up your fungal content of your soil, which again, trees love. So for me, it's really worth the investment if you can get hold of the material. And speaking of that, so when, when we go into an orchard and then also separately, when we go into like a garden setting, what kind of depth are we looking for? And then I guess in the orchard, what kind of radius of wood chips are we looking for so there's there are actually quite a lot of studies looking at depth of chips i found okay. once i started researching <laughs> it and broadly speaking they all seem to say it needs to be at least 10 to 15 centimeters deep okay which is what's that six inches or so isn't it so so it needs to be relatively thick and 
ideally about sort of three foot across and you know sort of a, a patch about three feet in diameter okay. you know my experience with that with that deep wood chip was actually if you can afford a bit more then you might get added benefit you need to make sure for trees it doesn't actually touch the bark of the tree because you can get a it'll sort of rot it potentially where oh, it touches okay. the bark so you just need to sort of pull it away from the trunk a tiny bit but yes i mean a lot of it comes down to how much you've got how many trees you're trying to mold and to some extent what type of tree it is so some woods like willows and conifers are quite soft and will break down quite quickly you know i mean i've been amazed that sort of even after a year there's almost nothing left Right. Whereas other things like oak and hornbeam and some of the sort of really hardwoods will last two or three years. And that, again, that's one advantage of growing and chipping your own is you know what it is and you can, you know, potentially kind of plan sing- for it. Exactly. Yeah. And then sort of single out single species wood chips, which again, there hasn't been that much research into. Yeah. I have a, a deal with a wood chip guy that he brings us a load every like a massive truck you know like a wood chip truck is what i call it i don't know but for forty dollars he brings that to us and i just tell him just keep them coming you know like that that's kind of where we are i've tried the free route and it's very hard in this area like you had said to find free but yeah yeah i mean i'd say forty dollars for a big truck is good value you know yeah yeah and and if he's getting something for it he's more likely to make sure it's good quality and you know all the rest of it so you do hear some horror stories yeah Oh, okay. So in the garden, same kind of rule, like uh, six inches or so? For... Yeah, certainly if, for, for mulching trees and shrubs and things. Yeah, you, you want it thick enough that it's going to cut out the light and really hold in, in the moisture. So. I guess I was thinking more like vegetable garden. So like, you know, like around your tomato plants and have you, so have you done that? Yeah, no, I have. I would say it depends. Again, it depends a little bit what you're growing. So I would, for vegetables, I would, you tend to use composted wood chip. I wouldn't use it fresh. Or what you can do is you can sort of mulch the beds in the autumn and leave it over winter so that it sort of starts to break down. Gotcha. So if you, yeah, for things like tomatoes, you could certainly put on, you know, four to six inch mulch around them. If it's stuff that you're going to sow into or that's very shallow rooted, yeah, I might do it thinner and just sort of rake it in, just, you know, tickle the, the surface, um, yeah. you know, not dig it in deep. But again, if it's composted and, and the other thing you can do is you can sieve it as well. So you can treat it almost like the, you know, you can always sow it directly into that sieve compost on top, particularly if you've got a really heavy soil that doesn't, you know, that doesn't sort of make a nice till. Yeah, that's interesting. How, kind of my last thought or question is have you experimented at all with like inoculating uh, wood chips you know like maybe with like biochar or compost or a compost tea Anything? i haven't done it with compost tea um they certainly have mixed sort of compost and wood chip which works really well in a potting compost where you want a bit more sort of oomph and nutrient yeah. i would say for propagation compost to seed you don't probably want to mix in much green compost with it because it can push the salt levels up a bit high which can affect germination but we did do one of the things actually that inspired me on the wood chip was doing a trial with an amazing grower called ian tolhurst or tolly who's sort of a bit of a guru over here <laughs> being sort of you know he's been doing it for 35 years <clears throat> but um he did a trial with so making his own propagation compost so he basically takes it so normally, if you were spreading composted wood chip on the soil for just as a soil amendment, you'd probably leave it for 12 months to compost. And he was taking it on another six months, so 18 months of composting wow. and then sieving it. And you get, I mean, it looks like soil or compost and it's beautiful. Nice. 
and then he he added a bit of biochar as well so we did a trial where with and without biochar uh, and we compared it against the leading peat-based commercial product with and without biochar and there was no difference in germination and and actually some of the ones with the wood chip the leaks that we did with the wood chip then actually had lower leak rust when they were planted out in the field Interesting. We, don't, we don't know exactly what was going on but yeah yeah but it, basically you can you can replace peat with wood chip in a lot of situations oh wow that's pretty cool well any other things for people getting started in wood chips like any like final words of wisdom there if they're starting their wood chip journey this growing season so yeah i mean i would say the, the only other thing i do get asked about a lot is is the risk of disease and so particularly if you're getting it from tree surgeons where you know they tend you know often they'll be cutting down trees that are dying or, or disease yeah. And I was, I, I got pretty worried about that to start with. I was a bit nervous. You know, you kind of hear about honey fungus and some of these sort of ones. Oh, you don't want to let that anywhere right. near your trees. Yeah. And I've got much more relaxed about it as I go on. And there's a, a few reasons. One is actually diseases tend to attack older and dying plants anyway. They don't, you know, so if you're mulching new trees, I, they're young and vigorous. So I don't think they're, they're going to be affected too much. The soil will break down a lot of those diseases. If, if you've got a good, healthy soil with a nice, diverse range of microorganisms, then, you know, the bad ones are not going to mostly get out of control. Secondly, the stuff, the spores of a lot of these diseases are not carried on wood chip. They're carried in the air or on the leaf. So by the time it gets to the wood chip, you know, the chance of infection is, is minimal. And then finally, because we do compost or, you know, a little bit, most of our chip, that's breaking down all of those spores as well. So by the time it's sort of gone through that process and heated up a bit and, you know, there's very little disease left. So, so as a rule, I'm pretty relaxed about it. And obviously if you're adding it to vegetable beds, it's a whole different, you know, they're different plants. They're not going to be suffering from the same diseases anyway. So, right. so yeah, well, there is a risk, but I'm, I'm not too worried about it. You're real, willing to roll the dice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it all goes back to soil health, right? I mean, if you got a healthy ecosystem, healthy biosystem, like you're, you're good. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Well, Ben, I, I really appreciate you giving us a talk and this has been super informative. I've learned a lot already. Thank you for your time and people go check out Ben's book. It's at uh, Chelsea Green, right? Is there anywhere else that people can connect with you, Ben? So we've got a Facebook page, Wood Chip for Soil Health, if people want to check that out. That's just some really good conversations going on there. Okay. Uh, I'm on I'm on Twitter and, you know, you can, you can find me on okay. social media. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thank you. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that episode and you're looking right now at ways to get wood chips on your property and planning out your wood chip dispersal all over. Listen, if you've got questions though about where and how to put them on the homestead, you know, what the next steps on your homestead should be, we actually have a great program called the Homestead Audit. Lacey and I sit down for, with you for about an hour and go all through your homestead, basically just open up the fire hose of information for you on your homestead, the next steps, how to make the most of your ho homestead, how to make profit on your homestead, how to find happiness on your homestead, all of that. And we give you a printout at the end with action steps, uh, notes, the recording. It's a full-fledged homestead audit. If that's something you're interested in, go to theschoolhouselife.com and look in the menu where you can order up your time to have a homestead audit with us. We'd love to sit down with you. It's Probably one of our most passionate projects we're currently working on. We love meeting new homesteaders, old homesteaders too, and just figuring out 
what's holding you up from getting to where you want to go?